Hello, this is Mark Fiquez, regional correspondent for the website Stadium Journey, the industry's leader in sports venue reviews. This is the Ballpark Hunter podcast, and with me today is Parker Huffman, general manager of the Portland Pickles of the Summer Collegiate West Coast League. Parker, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So how are things out there in Oregon today? Things are great. Uh, it's been kind of a, a weird year in terms of weather for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the wettest June in history, I believe. So uh, had a few rainouts early in our season. Um, but now it's been pretty much all sunshine uh, since late June. So uh, kind of waiting for the rain to come. But uh, not complaining over here. So uh, sun is out and um, yeah, we're just getting prepared and planning for the 2023 season. Uh, ticket team is in full sales mode and um, yeah, things are looking good. Yeah. Now, is it, what's the typical weather like in Portland in uh, October, November? I, I mean, typically, you know, it's overcast, probably uh, raining most days, but mm-hmm. Um, we really haven't even had any rain, uh, all of September and October, which is pretty crazy. Just a few showers here and there. So it's, uh, definitely not your typical weather here in Oregon. Yeah. I think I was, I was in Portland in 2009 and it was a heat wave, 90 degree plus days. And, uh, my friend and I, we were stopping at all the different falls, uh, along the way. And some of them, you can just jump into these beautiful crystal clear uh pools of uh of lakes these little mini yeah. lakes yeah. and one of them was this giant rock you could jump off of and it was just so hot and you, you couldn't help yourself so i go out there a couple your audio went out again mark but yours oh i cut out again let's see How's that? Now you're back. Now you're back. Okay. All right. No, normally people have issues uh, on the other end. So yeah, if it happens, I'll just pull off the microphone and and we'll do it uh, from the the external mic here. So sure. before I cut off again, uh, yeah. I was I was talking about the heat wave in Portland. So yeah. when when we go to a Portland Pickles game, are we expecting kind of a cool night, not too hot, just nice, perfect weather? Well, yeah, I mean, again, the the weather's been a little weird these last few years. So, um, yeah, I mean, June, uh, we typically have a little bit of rain here and there. But uh, once we get into late June and uh, July and August, uh, that's that's the best time to be in Oregon. The summers out here are beautiful. Everything is still green. Um, But, yeah, I mean, most nights at our ballpark, uh, we'll start around 7 o'clock and the sun is out, it's beautiful, and then, um, you know, we get three or four innings into the game and the sun starts creeping behind the trees and sets, and um, it cools down a bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much perfect conditions for baseball uh, most of our season. Yeah, that's, that, that's the way I like it. So, Parker, let's go back in time a few years ago. You were an intern with the yeah. Pickles. Now you're a GM. I think it took you less than three years to get that way. Uh, how did your journey begin? Did you just apply for an internship or had you gone to games and said, Hey, this is, 
this is a team I want to be a part of somehow. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in the Portland area, uh, about 20 minutes south of where our office and our stadium is. And uh, I had actually never been to a Pickles game. Really? Okay. Yeah, definitely uh, had heard about them. Um, they kind of came into the city when I was in college. So I was out um, in Corvallis at Oregon State. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a marketing major. Uh, I played one year of baseball in uh, my first year of college at a community college right outside of Corvallis and um, realized that it probably wasn't going to go much further than that for me. So I uh, decided to hang up the cleats and focus on school. But then, yeah, I'd say probably my last couple of years of college, I really started thinking, you know, I, I've been around sports my entire life and uh, really missed being around a team and uh, you know, the game I love baseball is definitely my number one sport. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, started thinking about ways that, you know, I could apply my, my marketing degree and go into sports and, and see how I could get involved. And so, uh, I was looking around at a bunch of different opportunities and, and found the pickles internship. So I applied and, uh, interviewed with who was our previous GM, Ross Campbell, um, and so, yeah, I mean, right after I graduated from Oregon State, started as an intern um, and have just kind of worked my way up. I mean, the the great thing about the Pickles and, and the internship program specifically is, um, you know, we rely on our interns really heavily to, to make the season happen. We get, you know, 20 to 25 interns coming in and um, they're doing everything in the ballpark from set up before the game to running the merch booth, uh, running the broadcast, uh, you know, in-game promotions, everything. So I was able to get exposed to a lot of different things in a short amount of time. And I loved it and just kind of soaked it all up and then um, found that there was kind of a need in the ticketing office at the time. So I started really working closely with the main uh, ticket rep, Kevin Herbst. And uh, he kind of, you know, showed me the way and I learned a lot there and um yeah after that season they hired me on doing ticket sales and I did that for a couple of years and then this past season I was assistant GM working closely with Ross and then recently recently got the promotion to GM so yeah it's been it's been uh definitely kind of a a quick ride up to GM but I think, you know, like I said, the beauty of the pickles is I've been able to wear so many different hats in a short amount of time. So um, really, really, really grateful and um, excited to see what happens next. Yeah. So now that you're GM, any ideas you're going to implement that have not been talked about or even discussed? You have some grand grand plans for the 23 season. Well, it's uh, I'll say it's definitely a very collaborative effort. Yes, here. obviously. Um, you know, we're a we're a pretty small front office. Um, we've actually expanded now. It was even smaller. I think we've got nine full time staffers now, but uh, we're working really closely together every single day. So uh, we've had some recent meetings about promo nights coming up, and uh, really excited for some new stuff there for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys have a lot of fun with social media, yeah. uh, the ballpark. I see a lot of, uh, you know, wacky promotions taking place that, you know, you see at other games. But you guys, you guys are standing out. People know about you coast from coast. I think with merchandise, yeah. 
you probably have sales from most 50 states, if not all. I mean, your brand's pretty hot from from what I've I gathered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think I think we might have a couple of states to hit still, but uh yeah, I mean, we've had international sales pretty frequently as well from um, you know, countries in Asia and Australia, the UK. So yeah, people people definitely know about us. And yeah, I mean, I think you know, one thing that we use to our advantage is that uh, we're not an affiliated team. So, you know, we we kind of have the ability to to get a little bit more creative and and run with some ideas that, um, you know, there's not not a ton of hoops for us to jump through to get things approved. So um, we, we run with that and embrace that. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we want to appeal to everyone. So we our games are not just for you know, your typical baseball fan, it's, it's for everybody. There's, there's something crazy that's going to be happening between innings or, you know, down on the concourse. So uh, I think that's what allowed us to, you know, really kind of stand out amongst baseball teams and, and, you know, gain a real following and, and loyal following in the community as well. Yeah. Cause you know, a lot of people want to start a team, summer collegiate, they want to take a small ballpark, and expand on it. They want to uh, make it uh, a place for people to enjoy the game and yeah. uh, sell merchandise and food and have people coming back. But that that's a hard task. So why do you think Portland, which, you know, started off playing, I don't, I don't even think that was a real, that was an actual ballpark when you guys first moved in there. It was a small venue, but you've expanded mm -hmm. it where, yeah. you know, it's a place that people come to. What, what makes, what makes it work in Portland? You know, what, makes you guys so popular out there where in other towns you may not see this type of success yeah well i mean we have we have an awesome marketing team i'll say that for sure um you know it doesn't hurt us to have a seven foot tall pickle running around um <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean you know the marketing and the promotions has been huge for us um again you know portland is known for being weird uh we pride yeah. ourselves on that so um you know i think that we've we've really captured uh the portland community by just just being different and um you know the portland has actually got great baseball history um you know from way back in the day portland beavers uh portland mavericks so oh yeah mavericks um, yeah, I mean, I think I think also the fact that, you know, there is the Hillsborough Hops that are, um, you know, minor league team for the Giants, but really within the city limits of Portland, we're the only ticket in town. And, um, you know, we really pride ourselves on being family friendly and, um, you know, along with the prices, our tickets and our, our food and our beer we really want to align all of our prices to be, you know, more something that you would see at a local restaurant or bar, okay. um, as opposed to, you know, a, a $16 beer that you might be used to buying at a stadium. So, um, yeah, you know, we really pride ourselves on, on creating an environment that everybody can feel safe mm -hmm. and comfortable and, and have a great time in. Yeah. No, you're telling me I, I went to goodness. Where was I? I think I was in Houston this year on an Astros game. Yeah, and I think the, I think the beer was about fourteen bucks for like yeah. a twenty ounce can. I'm like, my goodness, yeah. where where have these prices gone up to? How much is a beer at your place, and and what kind of craft beer can I find there? Well, yeah, we have uh, we have tons of different options. Mm. 
Our our prices for a domestic beer, I think we're five or six dollars, and then a nice. craft is about seven to eight, depending on the size. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've got probably twenty different offerings when it comes to beer. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of great local breweries that we work with. You know, Portland and and Oregon in general is a great area when it comes to craft beer. So we've we've really got it all. Uh, lots of different IPAs um you know every single type of beer that you could really want we've got it and then we've also got two uh full bars selling um cocktails as well so yeah, yeah. Our, our fans uh definitely come out and have a good time yeah that's that's what it's all about i i my favorite nights are thirsty thursdays when yeah. beer and beer's a little cheaper and there's a lot more people out there just kind of hanging out watching the game but you know, uh, I've also talked to friends of mine who have children. They love Sundays where their kids can run around the bases or eat for free or watch mm -hmm. fireworks. So you definitely appeal to all those fan bases. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's great to hear. I have yet to been to go out to a game. I used to go to Portland quite a bit. In fact, I proposed to my wife in Oregon in Lincoln really? City, Lincoln City. We, uh, I was on the beach. She didn't see it coming. And that's uh, that's where we proposed. Uh, so she loves Portland. We've always had a great time there. And and I think the last time we were, well, what? No, it wasn't the last time. I was there for the home opener of the the Hops, Hillsboro Hops, okay. uh, when they yeah. came back. So that was a lot of fun to be at the the home opener for that. But my wife's not a big baseball fan. Uh, but if there's wine or some wine slushies or mixed drinks, yeah, we, maybe a girlfriend. Yeah, maybe a girlfriend should, should be excited. So yeah. Walker Stadium, uh, I I've seen pictures. I've watched games on on I, I guess Facebook. I've seen any games somewhere online. Mm -hmm. uh, what's what's the experience like? Like, it, it, am I getting hit with a lot of promotions as soon as I park my car or walk up to the stadium? Kind of guide me through what I should do if I'm there visiting for the first time, or what to expect, or what should I expect? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Uh, when the gates are opening, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be fun stuff on the concourse. We usually have, you know, some local businesses that are activating in the concourse area. And, of course, Dylan T. Pickle will be Dylan. running around greeting the fans. So, um, yeah, when you walk in, it's, you know, it's a really, really cool ballpark. Um, it's in the middle of a city park in the middle of a neighborhood. Um, it's got a lot of history behind it. And, um, you know, it's a park that a lot of people have grown up playing at around the area uh, when they were, you know, coming up in youth baseball. Uh, there's adult leagues that play at our at our field as well. So uh, it's been used by a lot of different people. And, um, you know, I think that's the coolest part of it is you're you're really in this uh, tight knit community. And um, it, it's an it's a really cool, intimate ballpark. There's there's really not a bad seat in the house. Um, you know, we've got our grandstands and then our box seats up front uh, and then extending down the left and right field lines are just these big grass areas where you can bring in your own lawn chairs and set up your spot first come first serve. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's a really cool area. And then we, we've expanded all the way around the outfield fence. We have 80 picnic tables uh, underneath these big uh, fir trees. So um it, it's a unique experience and um you know it's it's not a huge ballpark um but at the same time you know we're averaging three thousand fans and when there's three thousand fans in that park it feels mm -hmm. like 
even more. So uh, it's a really cool experience and uh, definitely something you got to check out if you haven't. Yeah. And, and what's the capacity there? Capacity now is about 4,500. So okay, yeah. So uh, 3,000. Yeah. Definitely makes it yeah. feel a little bit bigger. And, and like I said, I feel like that stadium keeps growing and changing. Yeah. Year after year, you know, it's like one minute just has grandstands and it has party decks and then it has bars. Uh, yeah. Any changes for 23? Any improvements? Uh, anything to expect? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think we're really happy with where we're at with the ballpark layout. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been discussions. Um, you know, there's a visitor's bullpen and beyond the right field fence that um you know i think could be a really cool area to utilize you know maybe um some sort of a beer garden or we could even put some some bleachers out there um so that's something that we've talked about potentially something that we're going to look into and and moving the visitors bullpen um somewhere along the right field side but um yeah like i said i think we're we're really happy with where we're at with the ballpark and and fans of you know um as as we got those new picnic tables i think they're slowly realizing that that is a really cool and unique experience so um yeah we're happy but um yeah we'll see you know as we continue to grow we may have to make some changes yeah i mean that that's yeah that's a good problem to have you keep getting uh more and more fans you know that's uh that's i talked to some teams like that i was um the great lakes league i was at uh the Royal Oaks Leprechauns, they play outside of Detroit, small little city ballpark, yeah. you know, near residential area, near homes and businesses. And, you know, I, I kind of got the sense that's kind of how their your ballpark was at the beginning. Just something small, grandstands, but just a very fun environment. You know, I think beers were five, six bucks there. Tickets were six bucks. Yeah. And, you know, I heard a lot of people talking. Yeah, I'd rather come here to watch a game. You know, they then go out to the movies or go out to a restaurant because you know it's it's a lot of fun excitement here. A lot of interns, very friendly staff. So, yeah, you know, I mentioned I go, yeah, I I bet this is how the Portland Pickles started, and you know, they're like, oh, that's that's a nice compliment if that's the case. So, yeah, they they definitely know who you guys are. Now, getting back to uh, the entertainment there, uh, yeah. what are some of the wackiest promotions you guys done? Because you know, you push the envelope sometimes. Uh, sure. And, Anything you've done that hasn't worked or, you know, what are the ones that you're like, wow, I can't believe we, we pulled that off. Yeah. I mean, since I've been here, you know, it really feels like pretty much everything has worked and that's, what's been so fun about it. Um, I, th I think our fans really kind of buy into our ideas and um, they do a great job of elevating the, the theme nights themselves by whether they're dressing up or, you know, whatever it is, but um, yeah, I mean, some of our staples uh, starting in 2019, uh, and now it's every single Tuesday is Tattoo Tuesday, uh, where fans can enter to be selected to receive a free real pickles tattoo. Uh, real so one, permanent. A real permanent tattoo. Yeah, we have a mobile tattoo uh, studio. It's a it's a bus that comes in and um can just do one person in there at a time and he pumps out probably about 20 tattoos per game we have a waiting list of hundreds of people now um wednesdays every wednesday is wolf wednesday where people can bring their dogs to the park always so a favorite of mine to see, yeah hundreds of dogs running around and that's always a blast um i would say 
last year, probably my favorite promotion since I've been here was Exploding Whale Night. Uh, I know. And, I think I know the background to this story, right? Years yeah. ago, like 50 years ago, there was a, a whale that blew up and yep, splattered yep. over everybody's car and person. Yes. In 1970, there's a whale that washed up on the Oregon coast and uh, they didn't really know what to do with it. No. So the, the plan that they devised was they were going to explode it with a bunch of dynamite. And uh, the explosion, I think, was a little bit bigger than they anticipated. So, yeah, chunks of whale were flying like over a mile away, destroyed cars. Uh, thankfully, nobody was hurt that was in the area. But so, um, you know, those are those are the exactly the types of things that, you know, we we get that story. And, um, you know, it's so weird and interesting, such an interesting part of and, 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 history. And then what did you guys do to, did you recreate an exploding we whale somehow? Yes, we did. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, we always have an amazing group of interns and we kind of task them with, you know, we've got this idea to do it. Now we want you guys to kind of run with it and, and bring it to fruition. So uh, they built a whale out of wood and cardboard it was about 40 feet long and uh, they they made it look all realistic by wow. painting it and everything. And so after the game, we ran it out onto center field and they uh, they did their research on how to put some chemicals together to shoot foam about 40 feet into the air. And we had uh, smoke bombs going and uh recreated the moment it was amazing we it was about you know 10 30 11 o'clock at night in this neighborhood in portland we had 2500 fans screaming whale 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 so um you know it, it was a really cool moment and um you know definitely one of the most unique things you're probably going to see at a ballpark well, it, no, and no cars were damaged correct no cars were Good. damaged so yeah, yeah, we yeah. did better than 1970. I'd say. Yeah, and that was yeah, and you know you guys go to YouTube and look up that footage. There's news footage and yeah, yeah. it's you know it's you know sometimes you hear these stories and there's very little information like 10 cent beer night. I don't think there's any video out there. Yeah, uh, that was the infamous night in Cleveland in '74. But yeah, there yeah. there's a full news footage of the whale before and after and chunks and car damage, oh, uh, yeah. all in color too. So check that out on YouTube. Uh, you should be more than happy to find that. So, uh, yeah, that sounds like a pretty fun, crazy night. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that may not have heard about it. I don't know if that lives in Portland lore, but I'm sure they, yeah. they knew about it after. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people in the Oregon area. Okay, uh, so everybody state, knows that story. The whole state really okay. knows about okay. that story. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, we educated people beforehand by promoting the, the video from 1970 yeah. as well. So. Oh, way back, way back in the day. That's uh, yeah. well before my time. So yeah. it's always good to get a nice history lesson. So Dylan, Dylan T. Pickle, this is a busy guy. What's his What's his offseason? Is he still doing appearances? Is he? Yes, yes, he's uh, he's always he's always on the move, uh, always doing something interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean he he's had quite the year, um, starting with him traveling to the Dominican Republic uh, to go to the Caribbean series uh, on his way back. 
he was in a piece of luggage and was misplaced by Delta. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. So that was a whole saga. And then Delta dropped the luggage off at our office uh, in the middle of the night, basically. And nobody was here, obviously, to pick it up. And it was stolen off of the office front porch. So Dylan was missing for almost 10 days. Um, and we put the word out on social media, had so many people that were supporting us and trying to figure out what happened. And uh, he was anonymously dropped off at, at one of our partners, Voodoo Donuts. So um, that was a crazy moment. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he's he's had all types of things going on. He tackled a streaker at one of our games uh, that went viral. So He's been all over the place, but yeah, I mean, during our off season, we, we love to, you know, take trips and, um, our ownership and, and Ross, uh, who I mentioned was our, our GM before me, um, you know, they like to go on these international trips and, and experience baseball in different countries and, you know, see the way that they do things mm. and, and get ideas from them. So, um, they'll be traveling. Dylan's got plans right now. He's going to go visit one of our, other owners, um, John Ryan, who's currently playing football in the CFL. He's the former punter for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and he's currently playing for the Edmonton Elks. So he's going to make a trip up there to visit John. Okay, cool. Um, and then I, I think he's going to be uh, making a trip over to Europe as well before he comes back. So uh, stay tuned on our on our social media channels. I'm sure we'll have some very fun and interesting coverage of that trip. Yeah. So that, that whole Dylan getting lost in a suitcase, that wasn't planned. That just, no, none of that was planned. That was planned. Uh, you know, we're, we're obviously known for being a little crazy and wacky, so I can understand people being a little bit skeptical of the whole thing, but yeah, it was, uh, it was not planned. He really was lost for, um, like I said, about 10 days and, um, yeah, we, we really didn't know what to do. And it was amazing to see all the support that we yeah. got through community which i think ultimately led uh you know whoever took them to, to feel like they had to do the right thing and bring yeah them back. i i don't know what you would do with a dylan pickle ma uh, mascot it's not like you can hide that and go out and wear it for halloween or you know yeah. hey look i found a mascot for a business or a baseball team like we know who you are you can't and right. even if you color us a different color it's a pickle yeah, I think uh, I think whoever took it, you know, saw a big package and, mm -hmm. and grabbed it. And then I can't imagine what their reaction was when they got home and uh, realized what yeah. was in the package. So, yeah, yeah we uh, I don't think we necessarily want to know what happened over those 10 days. Dylan uh, has never really wanted to talk about it, but <laughs> I don't uh, blame him. We're yeah. just glad that we got him back. Glad he's back. Yeah, I know. I, I talked to somebody, uh, the Lincoln Potters are based out of Sacramento and mm -hmm. their mascot was stolen was a peacock. Really? And yeah. They, somebody broke in and, and stole the mascot and I, he was returned as well. Cause I just think if you're a thief and you steal something, yeah. Oh, it's a team mascot, you yeah. know? Yeah. Might as well give it back, you know, unless I, I just don't know where you're going to hide with this, you know, yeah. especially, especially in the area, you know, it's like, uh, exactly. yeah, we know who, we know who you are. So, all right. Yeah. So before I let you go, uh, sure. social media, you guys have about close to 40,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dylan was in, involved in <clears throat> something on there. Somebody wanted free merchandise and you, you, you kind of were messing with this guy. 
who's in charge of all that? Or is it a collection of people that handle the social media? Yeah, again, we're, we're really collaborative yeah. around here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a team effort for sure. But yeah, it's been amazing to see the growth. I mean, I think, um, you know, about 2020, right before the pandemic started, we had about 5,500 followers on Twitter. Um, and, and when the pandemic hit, you know, we were just searching for ways to, you know, stay relevant, continue to push our brand. And um, so we really decided to double down and, and focus on the, you know, digital side of things and social media. And um, yeah, it just kind of took off. You know, Dylan has has definitely had his moments on there. Um, yeah, from from sending notes to to uh, troll some some people on Twitter to uh, his infamous Twitter takeover uh, with his photo that you know was was misconstrued and yes. ended up uh, on late night shows and uh, you know articles all around the country. So um, he, he's definitely been a help, I would say, in, in us getting some attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think also people just really love the brand. Um, we have amazing merchandise that, you know, we're, we're continually dropping new stuff. And um, yeah, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. And I think it goes back to, you know, we can we can kind of do some things and say some things that some other teams, um, you know, may be a little bit hesitant to to say and do um, because of the the space that we're in and not being affiliated or anything like that. It gives us a lot of creative freedom and and we have an amazing team uh, that comes up with some really fun ideas. So it's been a lot of fun to be involved in that and uh, see how much it's grown. And um, we have no plans of slowing down. No, no. And then things start organically too, like the upside down chairs after a strikeout. Correct? That's yeah. How did that all start? Just one guy, two guys later. Yeah, I mean, I think it started in 2016, um, and it was one of our pitchers out in the bullpen. Every time that we would score a run, he would raise his chair up over his head, and um, it just kind of expanded from there. Uh, like I said, you know, we have some really amazing general admission areas where you bring your own lawn chair and set up your own spot out there. So uh, there, there's probably more opportunity than than most ballparks for people to be raising chairs over their heads. So I can imagine. Yeah. Off and um, yeah, now that's our thing. Every time we score a run, everybody in the stadium that, that has a chair raises it over their heads. And uh, it's, it's a cool, unique experience. Yeah. Tradition is born. And uh, any other wacky traditions from uh, the stadium that, that we may not know about or, um, well, I would say, you know, some of our on-field uh, activities in between innings have uh, become some staples. Uh, Dizzy Bat is is definitely our number one, I would say. We get three fans that uh, put their heads on, on wiffle bats that are on the ground, and they spin around 10 times. Uh, sometimes our on-field hosts uh, – messes up his counting so it ends up being uh, a few more than 10 but then they got a race to dylan um so that's always very fun and exciting uh people falling down and trying to get back up um yeah i mean we've got a lot of stuff tossing pickles into cups whoever can catch the most pickles we've got a pickle juice drinking contest which is always a classic um so yeah there's there's a lot of stuff going on um, definitely something like I said, if you if you haven't been there to experience mm -hmm. it, 
you got to see it in person to really understand uh, how unique and fun the experience yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, and and pickle juice I hear is pretty good for you too, especially yeah. if it's uh, yeah. made without the vinegar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I used to always love getting that giant pickle from the pickle jar. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it, you used to love drinking the pickle juice as well uh, when you know uh, you were done with eating all the pickles from the jar. So, of course, I, I could contest to that. So. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on here, Parker. I appreciate your time. And uh, where can we find you guys? I'm sure we know where, but let us know where we can find you and what's up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, appreciate you having me on today. It's been fun and, um, you know, certainly uh, willing to come back anytime you want. Perfect. Um, yeah, you can find us on all social media platforms. It's at Pickles Baseball. Um, our, our website is picklesbaseball.com where you can stay up to date on, on any news happening. We'll, we'll be releasing, uh, roster announcements here pretty soon as we, as we kind of finish up, uh, our roster here over the next month or so. And, um, yeah, in, in November, we should get our schedule from the league and uh pickles is the place that you want to go to get uh tickets for for any game throughout the season and, and what's the least expensive ticket to purchase our general mission berms i think are priced at 12 dollars right okay. now so that's, that's the cheapest one um and and they don't go any higher than 25 so okay yeah yeah, yeah 12 bucks that's uh i think movies are about 14 right now it's, yeah, uh, exactly. it's amazing. I feel like my father complaining about. Oh, I remember when a movie was six bucks to see. Now, yeah, <laughs> now they're almost yeah. sixteen. Exactly, it's just oh. like gas prices, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, well, well, living. well. Now that I now that I still have you out here, uh, yeah. I'm from New Jersey, where you're not allowed to. There's no self service. It's all full service. Is that uh-huh. still the case in Oregon, or yeah. are there certain counties where they change the law? No, it's it's still the case here in Oregon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a there was a time again going back to crazy weather. We had a big heat wave, and so uh, they allowed self service for a time uh, for some of those situations because it was so hot out. Um, okay. But wow. No, it's it's uh, it's uh, no self service here still, which is yeah. which is pretty unique. And people like that. It's not. You know, I feel like in New Jersey, we don't want self-service. Like if we have to go to New York or Pennsylvania, it's like, ah, oh, yeah. we got to pump our own gas. Uh, yeah. Is that how you guys feel like when you go to Washington State? Like, yeah, oh. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, it's a good thing. I think, you know, it creates a lot of jobs and, and things like that as well. But uh, yeah, I, I lived in Vancouver, Washington for about a year Um and yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like you step out of your car and you're kind of uncomfortable. It's like I've never, I've never had to pump my own gas before. But. No, no, it's you know, and I, I can tell you there was I was back home in New Jersey a few years ago, and I, I guess I wasn't thinking. I actually got out and pumped my own gas. Yeah, I jumped back in the car and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm in New Jersey. Why the yeah. heck did I do that? And nobody <laughs> came up to me. I mean, that's, that, that's the thing when you, when you, you know, you're in Oregon, New Jersey, somebody comes up to you and you give them the yeah. credit card and you say, fill it up. Yeah. You know, you say, yeah, fill it up regular $10, $20, you know, well, $10 doesn't get you anywhere anymore, but yeah. you know, it's just, just a common practice and uh, we used to make fun. And then now that I'm in Indiana, yeah, you, you pump your own gas, which 
I don't have a problem doing that either. But, you know, when I'm back home in New Jersey or where I'm at in Oregon, it's it's interesting to know here are these two, you know, longstanding states that are not changing for anybody and they don't That's care right. what you think. So, That's right. all right. Well, Parker, thank you for coming on here. Had a great time talking about the pickles. I think you were one of the franchises that was on my list. Like, hey, I would love to talk to the pickles because they are doing baseball and they're doing it the right way. Just a lot of fun, creative, innovative ideas. So thank yeah. uh, for coming on and best of luck this offseason. Best of luck in the West Coast League in 23. Awesome. All right, Mark. Appreciate the time as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for you anytime if you want to chat. So all right, sounds uh, great. appreciate it and uh, good luck to you as well. All right. Thank you. All right. See ya. Take care. All right. That was Parker Huffman. You know, these GMs are getting young. They're getting younger by the day. Back in the day, you talked to a GM. He was older or she was older than you. Now they're like, they're like baby face kids out of college. So <laughs> I'm getting old. I like to think I still have a baby face, but it's a baby face, for probably a little bit of an older guy. So that was uh, Parker Huffman, GM of the Portland Pickles. If you didn't hear me say that 50 times already, uh, I, I wish I'd been to a Pickles game. Unfortunately, my tie visiting Portland was always centered around the Beavers when they played at um, the old PGE Park, which is now a football soccer specific stadium. And it's home to the Portland Timbers of Major League Soccer. Uh, one hell of a stadium for soccer. Like if you go to Portland this summer, go to a Pickles game one night, Go to a Timbers game the other night or even check out a Portland Thorns game. That's uh, the club in the National Women's Soccer. And you're going to have an amazing time watching some sporting events in Portland. Because I do believe that, and, and this is my opinion, you can disagree with me or not. I think uh, the Portland Timbers is probably one of the best experiences you'll have at a soccer game. I'm sorry, Seattle, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Columbus, Austin, Minnesota. That is just such a cool environment. I love the neighborhood. I love how they took this old, old stadium and they just retrofitted it and expanded and, and made it into a nice uh, place for soccer. And I mean, that is such a soccer city. But if you look at the Portland Pickles, they took an old ballpark and they made that into a place to watch summer collegiate baseball as well. So beautiful little place. The official name is Charles B. Walker Stadium at Lentz Park. I call it Walker Stadium. Just make it easy on us. And I think that was built way back in 1956. It was heavily renovated in 2016. And yeah, it's just a fun little place to watch baseball. I mean, you know, renovations and uh, the renovations that took place there uh, included a uh, new seating with chair backs, scoreboard, dugouts, a new grass, playground, other improvements. I'm reading this off Wikipedia. If I sound like a robot, if I sound like Vicky from Small Wonder. So fun little place to see baseball. And, you know, unfortunately, when they made that announcement that the Portland Beavers were leaving because they weren't going to have a, a baseball stadium because PGE Park was becoming a, a soccer specific stadium. You know, they wind up going out to Tucson and and I think now they're the El Paso Chihuahuas in the Pacific Coast League. And, you know, I 
It'd be great to have minor league baseball back in Portland, and I'm sure somebody could come up with a plan to build something out there. I We don't know when that's coming. I don't think there's any talks. Uh, but in the meantime, you have the Portland Pickles in the West Coast League, and then you got the Hillsboro Hops just right outside of town uh, as well, and they're an uh, affiliate of the um, San Francisco Giants, and they have a really nice logo as well. So some great baseball, some great sporting events that take place in the Portland, Oregon area during the summertime. Hopefully you're there when it's not raining. Cause it's funny. My first time going to a Portland Beavers game was in 2004. And I remember checking out uh, a Beavers game and it rained earlier in the day. And then by the time the game started, it cleared up, but there wasn't a lot of people there. And then it rained again after four innings. So that was that was my time watching a, a Beavers game. I went back there in 09, and then I went back there in 2010. I think 2010 was the last year that the Portland Beavers played. So that that was nice to get back. That was nice to see some baseball in Portland. That was nice to actually visit Portland when it wasn't raining because uh, it yeah, you can have a summer where it's either, you know, 90 degrees and no rain, or you can have a summer where it's just raining constantly, constantly. So that's uh, that's Portland for you. So, hey, guys, thank you. Thank you for checking out this uh, edition of the Ballpark Hunter podcast. Uh, I would not be here if it wasn't for you. I'd like to thank some of my listeners, like uh, Mr. Zach Beeson. I know he regularly checks out the website. He's an avid ballpark fan. This guy looks like he's been to a lot of baseball stadiums. Love to have you on the show. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. And it's also a test to see if you're listening to this episode. So you know where to find me. If not, that's fine. Not everybody wants to come on here and get interviewed about baseball. I mean, it's uh, it, 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 some people like it. Some people don't. You know, that, that's okay. Uh, I'd like to thank to uh, my other listeners out there as well. well. I think that's about it. I don't think I have a lot of avid listeners. I wish I did, or I, I just don't know. But yeah, uh, when you guys listen to this, let me know how you like the show. Give me some tips. Uh, sometimes I get guests on here and I'm like, oh man, I forgot to ask that question. Or, oh shoot, I totally, totally forgot to bring this up. Uh, let me know how I'm doing. I'd be more than happy to uh, get guests back on and, and do a retake. There's nothing wrong with that. There's uh there's a lot of time on my hands to talk to people for about a good 40 minutes. And it looks like we're about at the 45 minute mark here for this episode. So remember, uh, check out the ballpark. Well, not the ballpark hunter. I'm not the ballpark hunter. I am a ballpark hunter. So ballpark hunter, uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok. You can also check out my YouTube page, which has a lot of cool content. A lot of these podcasts I'm also putting on the Twitter page, I'm sorry, on the YouTube page uh, for enjoyment as well. So thank you. Thank you once again. And as always, stay safe, be happy. We'll see you next time. Go. 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 Go.